Well, this morning, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you to Central Community Church. If this is your first time, second time, maybe you're just checking it out, welcome. I want to invite you after the service, go out to guest services. We'd love to meet you, give you more information about the church. We'd love for you to consider making it your church home. But whether you're in person this morning or online, we're just thankful to be together worshiping, aren't we? It is good to come together. Well, this morning, I want to talk off or start off by talking about a movie. And this movie's almost 30 years old, so I don't think I'm going to spoil anything with it. But if you've never seen The Lion King, I guess you could cover your ears if you want to go home and watch it so I don't ruin it for you. But I'm guessing by now you've watched it. Probably many of you have watched it yourself or with your kids. But in the movie The Lion King, there's a young lion who one day is taken out by his father and he has shown the entire kingdom from one end to the other. His dad takes him out. He shows him the kingdom And he tells him about how he has been called to steward this land. How he is supposed to live and uphold the values of this land because he is the king over the pride land. He goes on to tell the young lion, he says, And son, someday you're going to inherit this. You're in line for the throne and so I want you to pay attention because someday you're going to be ruling in the way that I am. You're going to have the responsibility. You're going to have the stewardship. We can imagine a a young lion getting told that someday he's going to be the king. He gets pretty excited. He starts going around telling his friends about his new identity that he's just heard about. Starts standing a little taller, trying to roar a little louder. Because he knew his identity in that moment. Now, unfortunately... The story unfolds a little bit, and his dad tragically dies. Now, you would think that based off of what I just said, that the young lion would just step right in. And now he would be ruling the kingdom. But it's not what happens. No, those in his life that he should have been able to trust, that should have pushed him in there, reminded him of his identity, did the opposite. They attacked him. They blamed him. They ridiculed him. They told him that you'll never be good enough. You're not loved after something like this. How could you be liked? And this young lion is wounded by these comments, wounded by those that are around him, wounded by the world. And what does the young lion do? The young lion runs, runs away from the identity that he once coveted and desired so much. Now he's walked away and he's not embracing it anymore. We find the lion out in the jungle, out in the middle of nowhere, and he's not acting like a lion at all. He's eating bugs. He's not roaring anymore. He's moping around, can can come across depressed and lonely. He's just not acting like the lion that he was destined for. You know what's sad and tragic about it, and, and there's many things, but one of it is the kingdom lost out on his impact because he didn't accept his identity. Let me say that again. The kingdom lost out because this lion did not accept his identity, embrace it, and live it out. The other piece that that stands out is the lion himself missed out on the benefits, missed out on the blessings that came or would have come from accepting his identity and living it out in that way. Now, luckily, the story doesn't end there, though, does it? The lion has some friends The lion has someone from his past that comes in, reminds him, and says, hey, have you forgotten who you are? I know who you are. I recognize you. You're Mufasa's son. You're the king. 
You're the heir. What are you doing out here? He has to be reminded. And even though he doesn't accept the identity right away, he wrestles with it. He knows deep down inside that's who he was created to be. And he ends up going back to the kingdom. He goes back. But because he didn't accept his identity in the beginning at this point, his absence allowed for evil to take over. And evil began ruling in the kingdom. The lives of the people were impacted. Things had changed and not for the better because he didn't accept, embrace, and live out his identity. But he comes back and he begins to live out that identity as the king. He takes the stewardship seriously. He takes his role and he uses it to change the kingdom, to have an impact. And we see the kingdom impacted later on in the movie by this lion. And we also see his life change. He gets his roar back. He becomes the lion that we would all expect as he recognizes and realizes who he is. You know, I know this is a story of a lion, but I got to be honest, it sounds a lot like some of our stories, doesn't it? I wish it didn't, but it does. I mean, think about it. Many of us, we were given an identity. We were given an identity and we were excited and we were passionate about it. And then all of a sudden, the lies of the world start creeping in. We start to get wounded by the world. And, and what do we do? We begin to walk away from that identity. We begin to walk away and the kingdom loses out on our impact. The kingdom starts being overrun with evil. People aren't living the way that they should in that kingdom because those that should have been impacting it through their identity lost their impact. And we, at times, then lose the blessings. We lose the things that we would receive as individuals because we don't live out the identity. We don't reap those blessings because we haven't remembered who we are. I don't know about you, but if you spend time thinking about it, literally from our identity, really everything flows. Our thoughts, our desires, our actions, relationships, blessings— all of it comes from either who we're trying to be, who we believe we are, or who we know we are. And depending on where you fall in that depends on much of those actions and those thoughts and those desires. I know when we start thinking about identity, I got to be honest, it's really easy to think about the identity outside these walls and looking at how the world approaches identity and how the world seems to be confused on what identity really is. But I want you to know over this series, we're not going to be talking about the world's confusion of identity. We're going to be talking about our identity. Who are we? Who are we and how do we live out that identity? Because if we don't get it right, we can never expect the world to understand identity if we don't first. So I hope and pray over the next few weeks during this series, that's what we'll gather. We will understand better who we are who we are and how do we live that out so we can impact the kingdom through our identity and so that we can see the blessings in our own life as we embrace and live out our identity. All right, would you stand with me out of respect for God's word as we read this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone 
and the new is here. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your words today. May we recognize who we are as a new creation. We thank you that the old is gone and the new is here. May we embrace it and live it out each and every day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, when it comes to identity, the world really tries to take advantage of some of our deepest longings. And what I mean by that is this. All of us, all of us, whether you're a believer or non-believer, we desire things like acceptance and love and purpose and value and worth. All of these things, and there's others that are just deep within each of us that we desire and we want to be fulfilled in our life. We want to feel loved. We want to be valued. But how we go about filling that is very different from God's perspective and the world's perspective, okay? And it all centers around identity. You see, God tells us to live from the inside out. We discover who we are. He shares with us, this is who you are, and we know that's who we are. And when we get that, our deepest longings and desires are met, and then we can live it outwardly into the world through what we do and the roles and the opportunities we have. Unfortunately, the world takes the opposite approach. The world says you meet those deepest longings by living from the outside in. The world tells us we form our identity by what happens in the world, who we are, our roles, our jobs, our wounds, our different things. And that's what makes us who we are. And once you find your identity, then, then you'll get that peace. You'll get that acceptance. You'll get all of that. But we know it's not true, is it? No, see, the world takes advantage of those longings and lies to us over and over and over again. The world knows that we want acceptance, and so the world tells us, well, guess what? You're never going to be accepted the way you are. You need to change you. You need a different identity than the one you have. That way you can be loved, because no one's going to love you the way you are now. You're not significant. You're not valued. You're not worth anything. If you just had a different job, if you had power and prestige and control, there's where your identity would come from. And the world tells us just to go out and get it and to find it and to work hard. Now, there's nothing wrong with hard work, but I want you to know, you shouldn't have to work hard to earn your identity. The price has already been paid for our identity. We should work hard to live out our identity. But unfortunately, we too have given in to some of the lies that the world throws our way. We started to believe some of the things the world says about us. And we think, man, maybe, maybe I can't be loved and accepted and valued the way I am. I, I need to be a little different. Man, it doesn't feel good to have someone say that, that I'm not loved. That, that, that creates a wound. And we protect ourselves from ever feeling that way again. We want to protect the wound so we create a false identity so that we never have to go back to that place. It happens all the time. We're all guilty of it at different times. But the world tells us to go out and get our identity, to make our identity. That we get it through things. We get it through jobs and roles. But I want to look here. I want to look to see what Solomon, Solomon the wise king, what he said. He said, I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. 
In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Look what Solomon tells us right here. From a world standpoint, the world would say, he must have been somebody. He tells us, I am far greater than anyone else. He had significance in the world's eyes. He had all of the riches he could imagine, all of the wealth for people to to love him and like him. He could buy whatever he wanted. And the world would have been saying, this is how you get your identity. He's formed it. He went out and made it. But Solomon tells us here, he said, everything was meaningless. It was meaningless. Why? Because it couldn't meet his deepest desires because it couldn't give him identity. It couldn't give him the identity that would bring about that worth and that value and that acceptance. He couldn't buy it. He couldn't get it from hard work of building something or from being labeled as as a king. The labels, the goods, the wealth, all of that did not give him his identity. It did not make up his identity. And so he could not find meaning in it. And he said that it was meaningless. It was worthless. And unfortunately, again, those are the lies of the world that try to convince us that that story has it backwards, that we can find the meaning, we can find the purpose, we can meet our desires by by achieving and working hard, but it is not true. And we have to be careful not to believe those lies to protect ourselves from the wounds, the pains, the things that have happened in our life over time. We need to remember where our true identity comes from. Now, I want to share with you a little bit. I want, I want to give you an example from my own life. I think this will help kind of understand the, the picture today. I tried putting this shirt on first service, and my kids were here, and they laughed at me because I couldn't get it on. But I put that on, and here's why. I want you to know that for much of my life, my identity was found and being an athlete. Why do I say that? Everything in my life revolved around being an athlete. My thoughts, my actions, my friendships, how I spent my time, my desires. I thought that my deepest desires of worth and value and friendships and acceptance, I could gain from being an athlete. If people introduced me or talked to me, a lot of times I was introduced as a basketball player or a baseball player. And I got to be honest, I started thinking that that was my identity and I would live it out in ways of my life. I thought that this is what could give me those desires of my heart, but it couldn't. It couldn't. Some of you know that before I came here, I was a banker. So I'm adding another shirt here. This one says banker. Now, while I didn't find my identity quite as wrapped up in being a banker as I did an athlete, it still subtly impacted me in ways. I found some of my thoughts and my actions and my desires and some of these things being wrapped up and impacted by being a banker. 
I found myself looking for some of those, those deepest desires to be filled in ways through that role and through that job. But it couldn't, could it? No, that's the world's way. So I want to I throw on one more here for, for the example. You know, because I kind of learned my lesson a little bit with being an athlete and a banker and now transitioning, I put this one on. This one says, Pastor. I know some of you, your face has changed when I put that one on. But, but I show that because even as a pastor, I have to be careful that this doesn't become my identity. That my deepest longings and desires for acceptance and worth and value aren't found in being a pastor. That's not who I am, is it? But it's very easy for us to find identity in what we do. And in fact, if you look at it, you can kind of see bankers showing through, athletes kind of hanging out the top. Because what we do in life a lot of times is our identities just kind of pile up over time. We never really get rid of them completely. They just, we can tend to layer it. And so we have all of these little pieces of our life over time and we figure out that this part helps protect me from this wound and and this part helps me feel significant. And we get little pieces of things over time and it all impacts our identity and who we think we are. My question for you this morning is, I could give you other examples from my life, but what would your shirt say? If you were to think through your life and some of the labels, some of the identities that that you have found yourself kind of tying to in order to find that worth and that value and acceptance, the the meaning of life in there, what would it be that would be on your shirts? Maybe it's tied to a job. Maybe it's a dentist or a doctor, a mechanic, a teacher. It could be anything, right? Right? There's many different jobs we have, and and a lot of times we do find identity, and the world tells us we can find identity in what we do. Maybe it's tied to a relationship. Maybe it's husband or wife, mom or dad, grandma, grandpa, boyfriend, girlfriend. We can find identity in some of those relationships. Maybe it's a place. Maybe you're from Texas, and, and you're a Texan at heart. Maybe you're a small town kid. Maybe you're an American or a German, and it's tied to a place of origin or where you live. Maybe it's tied to a wound or something you've been through in your life that you've kind of been holding on to. It could be something health like cancer. It could be something like addiction or divorce. And, and unfortunately, you have found yourself kind of holding on to that and finding your identity tied to it in some way. It may not make up all of that you are, but maybe a piece of it. Maybe it's a season of life. Maybe it's middle school or a high schooler. Maybe it's you're retired or an empty nester, college student. Maybe it is tied to the season of life you're in and that identity that that time of your life has given you has impacted the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act, your desires, all of these things because you think that it will fulfill your deepest desires. But it won't, will it? I want to ask you, what, what do all of these things have in common? When you look at what I've said in many of your examples, it's that they're fleeting. They're not consistent. They can come and go, right? 
I'm no longer an athlete. You know, I know it's obvious, but I'm not an athlete anymore. I don't work at a bank. And first service was helping me plan a prank for Pastor Bob's office while he's gone. And so I probably won't be a pastor very long either when we pull it off. They gave me a bunch of good ideas. So if you guys have ideas, post them online. We'll take the best one. But they come and go, right? If, if we tie our identity to these things that we're talking about, it can change at a moment's notice. And if it is, then our identity has to change. And I think that that's part of the problem with the world right now is the world ties its identity and tells you to tie your identity to all of these exterior things. And then it changes in your life and everyone's trying to figure out their new identity because the old one's gone. Well, now who am I? Some of you have experienced that maybe in different ways of your life. Maybe some of you have lost a job. Maybe some of you, your kids have grown up and now you're an empty nester. There's other examples, but maybe when part of that role changed or you didn't have that daily role quite the same, you struggled, not with the role changing, but you struggled to figure out who you were. Maybe there was part of you that struggled and asked the question, well, who am I? If that's not my job anymore, if my kids have moved on, if whatever the case might be, well, who am I? If you've asked that question or you struggled with it, there's a chance that maybe your identity was more tied to that role than what you realize. I want you to know there's nothing wrong with the role. God's probably given you that role. And we should work hard and we should steward well. But it's not our identity. It's what we do. And so while what we do may change, our identity should always be anchored and stay the same. That's where our strength comes from. That's how we know who we are. It makes a big difference whether we live from the inside out or the outside in. Now this takes us kind of into basically the, the, the scripture from today. And so we get into 2 Corinthians 5.17 and, and Paul tells us, Therefore, anyone that is, what? In Christ. So since he said therefore, we need to look back a little bit to see why he tells us therefore, because he helps us understand what it means to be in Christ. And so we go back to verse 14, and, and Paul says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who, sh- who, those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. So Paul starts sharing kind of the gospel message with us, doesn't he? He says that Christ came and he died for all of us. He died the death that we deserved. And because he died for us, we all have died. We have died to our old self. And now because our old self is dead, we can't look at ourselves and we can't look at each other the same way we once did. We can't look at it from a worldly point of view because we are not, that is not our identity any longer. Paul says it this way, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Paul is saying, again, reiterating that his life is gone. He has died and it is now Christ who lives in him. This is where the change occurs. This is where the switch happens that is found in 2 Corinthians that we're talking about. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that means accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That means welcoming him in your life. In Christ means in union, in relationship. What a perfect day for us to do communion. That's exactly what we're celebrating is the union and the relationship that we have with Jesus being in Christ. So it means that when we are in Christ, what? The new creation has come. You see, we're given a new identity. Not the ones up here anymore. We're given a new one. And it is in Christ and through Christ. And a lot of times what we try to do is we just decide to try to put this over all of our other identities, don't we? We think Jesus just wants to come and cover up the old self. But that's not what it's saying, is it? No, Paul is telling us the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. So if we were just to put this over the top, that doesn't mean we're a new creation. It just means the old one's covered up. The old isn't gone, it's just hidden. But that's not what Paul's saying. He is telling us that the old is gone. And so literally our past, it's gone. He gets rid of it. And we're given this new identity that is in Christ, in Christ alone. So the old is gone. So you think about your life, you think about the sins, gone. You think about your old way of thinking, gone. Your desires, gone. Your old identities, the things that you have tied yourself to in the past, gone. And it is replaced with a new creation that is in Christ and in Christ alone. And so now our thoughts are his thoughts. Our actions should be his actions. Our desires, all of those things. We no longer live, as Paul said, it is Christ who lives in me. Everything changes. We should celebrate that today because we are no longer who we used to be. Some of those things that that when I asked what would be on your shirts, They came to mind, and and we find ourselves stuck on those sometimes. And I know that maybe you've wanted to get rid of them, but it's hard. But that's what God is telling us today, is he doesn't look at us the same way. When he looks down, he sees Jesus living in us. He doesn't see your old identity, your sin, your past. He's removed it. And you are a new creation that is in Christ and through Christ. This is the core of who we are. We have to recognize that this is our identity. It's not the identity of the world. The world would tell us that we're all sorts of people and and go find it. And God says, no, when you give your life to me, I make you a new creation. I get rid of the old identity and I give you a new one. And this is the identity that you are to rest in. This is the identity that you are to embrace and to live out. And there is a difference in our life when we truly embrace this new identity and let go of the old. God has done that transformation in us. He has made that change. We have to look ourselves in that way. We have to let go of it and we have to embrace how we have been made new.
Now, I know some of us might be thinking, well, you know, sometimes you find significance in the world, and, or, or maybe it's, man, I, do you know my life? Do you know the sin I've committed? Do you know all these things? Do you really think that I could be made new? Well, I think Paul's a great example for us to look at in both of these regards. Look what Paul says. He says, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. He's pointing to his perceived significance. See, the world would have been telling him, man, you're a real somebody. Look at your family of origin. Look at your role. Look at your education. Look at all of these things. You must have it figured out. You know who you are. But Paul goes on to tell us a little bit later that this didn't mean anything to him. He was, in fact, kind of embarrassed by his old identity because he thought it gave him the significance, but it didn't. Think about the significance he traded out. He traded out this significance for a completely new one when he surrendered to Jesus. And his identity became founded in Christ and Christ alone. Think about the impact that he had on the kingdom. We're still here today talking about him as an example. What an incredible impact on the kingdom. But it's because he accepted his new identity. He embraced it. And he chose to live it out. And look at the personal blessings he received too. He goes from a man with his old identity of persecution, of hatred, of anger, just frustrated. Nothing is never enough to a man that is in prison. And he says he has joy and peace and hope. That's not because the world gave it to him. It's because he had his identity grounded in Christ. He knew who he was and his deepest desires were met because of that identity and not because of his circumstances or the world around him. Look at it from a sin standpoint. Paul says, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Here's Paul talking about and explaining that he doesn't even feel like he's worthy. He shouldn't be an apostle. But it is by the grace of God that he is one. Because God wasn't looking at him through at his old identity and at his past. He was looking at Paul as a new creation. Even with the sin of his past life, it was removed and it was taken away. Look what else Paul says. He says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul's talking about how he has received Jesus and his life was changed. Even as the worst of sinners... It was all removed with his old identity, his old self. It was all taken away, and now he is in Christ and in Christ alone. 
So if you've been holding on to something in your life, a sin or, or something in your life where you're going, I just don't know that I could be made new and that the old way could truly be gone, look at Paul as that example. He gave up his old significance for new significance, significance that would last and matter. He realized and recognized that he was forgiven. And even the worst of sinners, by the grace of God, can be made new. What a celebration today. What a celebration. We've got to stop believing the lies that this world gives us and throws at us, telling us this is who you are, this is who you should be, and this is where your identity comes from. You fall short every time, and it is exhausting because you're always chasing that new identity. While what you do may come and go, your identity never changes. It never changes. And so at this time, I'd like to ask Pastor Phil to come up, and we're going to sing a song to close out our service. And I just want you to think about this for, for a little bit while we're singing this song. And the words of this song, part of the words say, I am who you say I am. You know, I especially want you young people to be thinking about this, that the world tries to tell you who you are. And it's not the world that can tell you who you are. Just like the words of this song, it is God who says you are. I am who you say I am. It is God who tells each and every one of us, you are mine. You are in Christ. And because my son lives in you, you too are a child of God. You are my son. You are my daughter. And in that, that is our identity as children of God. And that identity should bring about healing. It should meet our deepest desires because in that identity, we know who we are. We are valued. We are loved. We have acceptance and worth. It's not found in the things of this world. It is found in your identity in Christ. So during this song, some of you may just need that reminder. Maybe you've started to believe some of the lies, that you're not good enough, that you couldn't be loved, couldn't be further from the truth. But maybe you need to let go of some of those things today. Let it go and truly let the old go. God's removed it. He doesn't see it, and yet we've held on to it. And when we hold on to it, we can't live out the identity that God's given us. We lose our impact in the kingdom. Our families are impacted. Our community, this world, we are impacted. So maybe you need to let go of it and embrace your true identity that is in Christ and in Christ alone as a child of God. Maybe some of you have never accepted Jesus, but you're thinking in your head and, you, and you've heard the message today and you go, and I don't want the identity that I have. I want that old life. I want my past gone too. I want to be made new. Today you can receive that gift. You can be created new. But it says, the Bible tells us that that new creation comes by being in Christ, in relationship, in union. So today maybe you need to acknowledge that you are a sinner. and You're in need of a savior who loves you and cares for you. 
And you need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. The Bible tells us if you do, you will be saved. Not only will you be saved, you'll be given the new identity. That is where the saving grace comes from. You're given that a new identity. The old is gone and the new is here. And you can live in the freedom that is found in Jesus, in Jesus alone. So as we sing this song, I want to encourage you to stand. I want to encourage you to stand. And maybe you want to sing this song. Maybe you want the words just to rush over you. But I pray that you will open your heart to what it is that God wants to do in and through you and through these words and through this worship. So would you stand and sing with us? I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Come on, sing it one more time. Sing, I am that this morning. I hope you recognize that you are a child of God. I pray that you recognize the freedom that is found in Christ to break free from who you once were. All those identities and the things that have kept us kind of bound up. I want to encourage you this week to think about some of those things, some of those shirts that you would have been putting up here. How have you tied your identity things that are fleeting and maybe don't matter? How do you let go of those things and truly embrace and accept and begin to live out your true identity? And if today you prayed that prayer that you wanted Jesus to come in your heart and you are that new creation, we are excited for you. We're excited that the old is gone and the new is here. If that's you, go out to the starting point outside the foyer here. We have something for you to encourage you and help you on that journey. But today, be reminded that our identity is not in the things of this world. It's not in the things we do. 
It's not our jobs. It's not our wounds. It's not our failures, our successes. Our identity is found in Christ alone. And we have to anchor ourselves in that so that we can begin to live out our identity. So would you receive the blessing and receive it as a child of God today? Which I believe just feels different when we say it and we believe it. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance and give you his peace as a child of God. Live out your identity this week and follow him in all things. Have a blessed week.